Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, good morning. Here we are in Southern California again, babe. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. So I just came off of a weekend in Atlanta, Georgia with Bunny from Sibian and Carol and David from The Sexy Lifestyle. And um, we got to talk to thousands of women over the weekend at the Ultimate Women's Health Expo. It was incredible. Did you talk about sex? We did. We talked about pleasure. Uh, my whole theme for the weekend was pleasure as a birthright. That's certainly one of your your talking points, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, today we're going I'm to be... I'm a very lucky man. Well, I, I hope so. I hope you feel that way most Absolutely. of the time. Absolutely. Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Well, one of the things that uh, that came up for me is a lot of these women that were attending the the uh, the expo came there with their daughters. And so today we're going to be talking about children and sexual rights and how parents can ensure their children's health and well-being uh, through life by how they address their sexuality um, through their education and their approach to their kids and understanding the fact that maybe kids have sexual rights too. I think that's, you know, it's something that when it goes terribly wrong as a child, it seems to affect people for the remainder of their lives. So that really makes this one of the more important topics that we discuss. Yes. Mark and I have a, you know, we've raised three kids well into adulthood, and we've um, participated in the raising uh, so far of, of four grandchildren. And we we really uh, try to be conscious about how we approach children and our interactions with them. And one of the things that Mark has said over and over is that really we're raising adults, not children, and that they're, they're, they're adults in training from the very beginning. I love that concept because that way you don't try to slow them down. I think there's a tendency to right now for people to say, enjoy your childhood and let's slow this down. Let's be a child as long as possible. And I'm, I'm seeing some not so good effects from all of that. Yeah, because, I mean, learning can be fun. I mean, it's not it's not as though we're going to turn them into slaves and push them out into the workforce and make them do all the adult things well, when you're and have the responsibilities. When you're dependent, you're vulnerable. Right. So the sooner you become less dependent, you're always going to have some dependency on your parents. That's the human condition. We grow up, our brains are so large, they take a lot longer to develop than other animals. Some are larger than others. That's right. Are you talking about brains? Yes. Okay. And um, so they're always going to need to be protected, but I think that the more independent you are, the the safer you are. And how do we get independent? Well, one of the things that, for me, that looks like is we get informed, and we um, we are able to test our test the waters. 
When I was in um, my doctorate program at the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, one of the teachers that I had was, um, uh, she taught about children and sexuality. And the I wasn't really sure where, where that class was going to go. And one of the things that she started off with was at the Institute, we had the Bill of Human Sexual Rights always up at the front of the class so that we never lost sight of the fact that having a healthy, healthy, happy sexual life is a human right. We don't have to do anything to earn that or deserve that, that we're born with that right. And so the first thing she asked us was, she goes, look at this list. And tell me how many of these rights children have. Well, honest to God, I had never thought about children and sexual rights. Because I think as a parent, you always feel like you're responsible for the kids. And it's your rules. You determine what your children get to do with their bodies. And the harsh reality for parents is, no, you don't. You know, they have rights. And you can guide them, you can educate them, but it's not your right to redirect them away from something that's their birthright. So as we look through this list, and I'll have this on the blog later, uh, the list of human sexual rights, as you look through the list yourself, it'll, it'll, it'll test you a little bit to see if, do my kids, do I really believe my kids have those same rights? And... So we're going to talk today uh, throughout the show about how each of these rights and how our uh, attitude about children and human rights might be getting in the way of us really giving them the best start for a long, healthy, sexy life. I like to think of it as, you know, guidelines and and a way to evolve our culture. When you say sexual rights, I, I really hate it when the government has to get involved and we start to make it sound like it's a legal type of issue. I suppose that at some point it can be legal, but children need to be educated throughout their their uh, time as children and b- protected and educated. And if that's done properly, they'll have a healthy, happy sexual life as an adult. Yes. And And that's where the rights come in. They have the right to be protected, the right to be nurtured, but also allow them to develop on their own terms. Absolutely. And so many aspects of being a child. Um, I, I taught, a, one of the classes I teach is called um, Sex Through the Ages. And uh, I actually show video or um, the images of uh, unborn baby masturbating in utero. And they actually imaged it. They could see the the baby, the infant boy, the baby boy, uh, stroking his penis up and down, and 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 pleasuring himself in utero. So we shouldn't be surprised that when a baby is born, that their arms are just long enough to reach their genitals. <laughs> Perhaps that was part of the design, is so that they, they could touch themselves. And there's you can just see the look of pleasure on a child's face. And somewhere along the way, we started to equate that with deviant behavior. And many times um, in different cultures, and even in our culture here in the United States, parents don't know how to handle that. They think there's something wrong with the child. 
if they're touching themselves in a pleasurable way and they pull the child's hand away or slap the child's hand, tell them no, you know, give them the message that this isn't okay. And we're going to talk about that more throughout the show too, about as you become a parent and you're influencing children, when does that influence begin? And I think it begins as soon as you meet that baby. Yeah? Well, that's when we start to develop our gender identity and then you know, it's it's an evolution from there. We start looking around. We start trying to figure out what's this world about. So we're we're curious and we're going to investigate. That's for sure. Yeah. So one of the things that um, that I like to talk about throughout the show is when we're when we're going to plan our sex education for our kids. I, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot. When should I start talking to my kids about sex? So I'm going to bring that up in one of the segments when you know, we talk about education. You know education. What's, what's interesting, you know, you talk about age-appropriate uh, training or teaching, and I think sometimes that early training and teaching is as much for the parent to get comfortable with the topic as it is for the child to understand what they're being taught. Absolutely. <laughs> so as the parents get used to using the normal words, you know, penis, vulva, vagina, and they're not embarrassed uh, by those words anymore, it just makes the next step a little bit easier to take. It's a little bit more natural. And body parts are the least difficult part to talk about. And that's probably where children are the most curious when they're first starting out. You would think that would be the least difficult part to talk about, but I still hear parents calling the body parts all these cutesy silly little terms that nobody else knows what it is. It's like a secret code term for their genitals. And and uh, and that, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about what that does to a child's um, body image and perception of those parts of their body. And, you know, I think we oftentimes until we pause and get conscious about what we're doing and how it's influencing others. We just continue to do what we've been doing or what we've been taught through our parents modeling or other other educators mo- modeling for us. So this, this show is really all about waking up to what's really working, what's not working, so that we can have uh, we can just have a little bit finer tuned lives. Uh, you know, I'm not. I don't get too much into the semantics of the body parts. I think as long as they're being discussed, I think that's good. But there there is that embarrassment, and the children will pick up on the embarrassment. So you need to be very impartial about it. A matter of fact, it's just part of your body. It's another part has a function. It, you know, and and again, age appropriate at that time. And well, as they discover, they're going to have questions. It's going to be easier to answer those questions if they have the same vocabulary as you have. Exactly. Exactly. And if they don't see that you're squeamish about talking about these more personal topics, right? Well, that's that's a whole other area. You want your children to come to you for that education, not their their best friends. Right. You right. Know, that's, an, that's an age-old discussion there. So who who gets to educate who? Yes. Because <laughs> they're going to find out one way or another. It isn't, it isn't a secret. But I think in the meantime, while they're trying to discover their sexuality, they do need to be protected. 
because other people have ulterior motives and those children don't understand those ulterior motives. And so they definitely need to be protected. I agree. And one of the other things that um, I'd like to talk to you about today, Mark, is, um, you know, what what happens? How do we how do we influence our kids with reproductive information? And how do we bring in some of the the more, um, I guess, the scarier sides of sexuality, you know, disease and responsibility and those type of things? How do we bring that in? in the midst of talking about the more positive sides. So think about that, because I, I really would like to help our parents out there know how to inform them with accurate information. Well, I, th- I think, again, it's how it can be presented. And if it's presented as, you know, it's it, it it's dangerous and it's shameful to get an STI and it's that, that really pushes things down and you really want to just be aware that they're out there and know what the... the symptoms are so that they can be taken care of immediately uh, if it occurs. Not, not uh, again, make it an embarrassing topic, but just a matter of fact type of topic. And, and you have to really wrestle with the fact that this isn't giving your child permission to become sexual. It's, it's giving them permission to protect themselves if they find themselves in an awkward spot. I love that comment about permission because I talked about sex on my my other show uh, one day about children and sexuality, and I have had a father come in and say to me that, or he called in and said, "You're you're telling me that I should give permission to my kids, and I'm not going to give permission to my kids. So I'm gonna when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about." what that actually means when we think we're giving permission. Like like he has that type of power over right, his children. Right, huh? right. I think that's what happens is that they transition that way. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be right back after the break. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. This November, 4,000 people will be on the sold-out Independence of the Seas Bliss Cruise, offered by Lifestyle Cruising and Bliss. Why do these charters sell out so fast? Five separate playrooms, dozens of meet-and-greets aimed at various cultural and sexual orientations, themed dance parties every night, and all upper decks are clothing optional. Find out about the Bliss Experience on the two upcoming Bliss Charters in 2019. This April is the five-night Celebrity Infinity Cruise, and next November 2019 will be seven nights on the beautiful Navigator of the Seas. Couples love the electric atmosphere on our cruises, and we know that sparks will fly in your cabin. Remember, our cruises sell out fast, so be sure to call Wayne at 908-391-1977. That's 908-391-1977, or visit lifestylecruising.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. 
To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. So Mark and I are in Southern California today talking to you about children's sexual rights. Yes. And how we can, as parents and influencers in children's lives, help them grow up to be able to have healthy, happy, sexy lives without a lot of the um, need for repair work that I see a lot of adults requiring because of their upbringings. So what I hear you saying is that children need to begin their sexual education at a very young age. At birth. At birth. At birth. And and this continues uh, primarily with the parents. So the parents are the primary sex educators early on. Absolutely. And it's important for them to get comfortable with the vocabulary, the parts, and to do this without causing shame. Yes. And so that means that parents need to get to to really uh, evaluate their own biases around human sexuality and to uh, fill in the gaps of their knowledge so that they can really change the course of their children's lives in a, in a healthier direction. Because I, I meet very few adults uh, in my work who don't have some kind of sexual hang-up. And they have been misinformed along the way, generally by parents or other adults who weren't accurately informed. For example, my mom, when I was 10 and had the first sex education in school, uh, she told me that girls had their periods to get rid of all the poisons in their body. And they had to do that every month. And I said, well, well, how do boys get rid of the poisons in their body? Well, they don't. So what does what what seed does that plant in a child's mind? My mother did not know that she was incorrect. That's what she'd been taught. And she had never paused to educate herself to find out if that was accurate. So she passed that on to me. Then I went to school and I learned why girls had periods. So at 10 years old, I came home and I had to educate my mother. <laughs> you can imagine well, how that went over. <laughs> you know, and, and to be honest with you, if if at least there's some communication, yes. if there's some way, if it, there isn't a barrier, I think is the key thing. If they can, if you can speak freely, you can have a discussion. Right. And, and, um, and I wasn't so, afraid to talk to her about it. Right. Yeah. So your mom was <clears throat> trying with the best information that she had, trying to, um, educate you. Now that's, that's a detail. I mean, she kind of got a little off on that. <laughs> but I think the biases are, are worse. Yes. You know, when, when, when you have a judgment, a bias with me comes with a judgment. And I think when you, when you start to put your judgments on, it gets much more complicated, especially in this day and age when we've discovered so many different ways of sexual expression. So yes. many different, I'm not even sure how to say that. You know, there's just... It's a melting pot of different uh, ways to view sexuality. And um, parents are going to be faced with this. Uh, If they try to just put their head down, it isn't going to work. I tell you, I'm getting a lot of questions from parents now because 
you know, the, the, the lingo has changed so much for young people. And so we have kids in grade school, grammar school, who, who know very well what being gay and lesbian is, what being trans is, um, what being pansexual is, what being, you know, uh, polyamorous. I mean, all these words are more, much more commonplace. And kids have access to this thing called the internet that in my generation we didn't have and you know not too many it's not too many generations that have had that growing up and so they're going to be exposed to things that perhaps even their parents haven't yet been exposed to we have to be prepared to answer those questions and and research those things even with the kids if they're old enough to do that when you learn something if you learn it incorrectly you can get new information and make adjustments in your knowledge base that's fairly straightforward we do that every day but if you're shamed you're damaged by somebody else by a sexual predator that you weren't you know that you didn't see coming or you weren't protected from those things leave lifelong scars yes and so I think there's a difference between just getting it a little bit wrong, but having open communication and and being damaged. So the first person who's educating the child is the parents. So the parents have that difficult responsibility of not causing any damage. And that's that's where they need to be educated. How can you do age appropriate sex education without causing damage to your child? And you may think that that they just are going to go out and be sexual before you're ready for them to be sexual. That may not be what causes damage. Right. Let's talk a little, let's come back to when we went to break last segment, we talked about parents being afraid that if they talk to their kids openly and freely about sexuality, especially about the pleasure-based education, that they're going to be giving their kids permission to go out and have sex. How likely is it? Think back. I asked the parents, Think back when you were a kid, what exactly could your parents have said that would have could have given you permission to do it or that that they would could have said that would have give, not given you permission? And did you really ask or need their permission to do what the hell you wanted to do with your sexuality? I don't remember thinking that my parents had the right to give me permission. And I was, you know, I was a little bit of a rebel. But it's like, that's my, my sex is my, my body, my responsibility. And that's where a lot of fathers um, in the olden days, and I hope this has changed, uh, really believe that they had the right to control their daughter's sexuality more than their son's. You know, they're, they're, I'm hoping that we're coming out of that nonsense where a dad says, you know, you, you, your virginity is my responsibility. There, there's nothing, there's no bigger pile of horseshit than that one i think that um <laughs> if you want to protect your child from sex the best way to do that is with education and ironically it isn't just sex education it's for that child to have a firm grip on their goals their aspirations where they're going to find themselves in life what pathway they want to take and the the more that they understand that they have the right to drive that, uh, the more careful they'll be with their sex because those types of responsibilities, certainly having a children has, children has a way of uh, diverting people from, 
from these things. So well, I, I guess I, I want to know why would you why would you want to protect your kids from sex? That you know you know a lot of well, parents say I'm going to protect my kids from sex. Well, why? Well, I think the the the, <clears throat> the obvious answer is is that a, a very young child has a baby. The parents are going to be responsible for it, so the, the the parents do bear some responsibility in that, and so they need to to try to be careful that way. So perhaps they want to protect their kids from um, undesired sex or unprepared sex, but not protect you. You know, to think that you're that somehow sex is the thing we want to protect our kids from. We want them to have sex on their terms with being fully armed with information and the capacity to control their reproductive systems, to manage it. That doesn't come through naivety. That comes through knowledge and self, self-value. So the more we teach children that their value as a human being and their choices in life, <clears throat> that they're determining those very early on and that that part of that responsibility, that adult in training responsibility says, you know, you, you, get, you do the things you have to do so you get to do the things you want to do. So if you want to have sex because it feels good and you love it and it's fun and it's it's a it's an adjunct to the happiness of your life then you want to do so responsibly and that means that you take care of your body you honor your body and you protect your body that that those are the conversations I'd love to see more parents have because trying to make kids think that sex is some bad evil thing that they want to avoid otherwise it's going to ruin their life that's not the piece it's the unplanned pregnancy or the uh, the unexpected illness those are the things that ruins kid, ruins kids lives and we know in every culture around the world the least amount of education has the highest incident of STIs and unplanned pregnancies. So this is not where ignorance is bliss. Uh, absolutely, yes. So knowledge is power. And I just said this on the stage the other day for my, uh, for my ladies in Atlanta. You know, knowledge is power. And the more knowledge we have, the, the more we can make conscious decisions and choices that influence our lives in exactly the direction that we want them to go. And I'm a big advocate for pleasure-based education because sex does feel great. I know a lot of girls aren't having pleasurable sex. We could talk about that a little bit in the next segment, that more hetero men are having the most pleasurable sex, hetero women are having the least pleasurable sex. Those people are having sex with each other. What's the problem here? So we, we really need, we, we got to teach girls that they have a right to pleasurable sex and how can they make sure that happened. And we, have, we can teach boys, they have a right to pleasurable sex, but they also have a responsibility to learn about their partner and vice versa. So those are the kind of conversations I'd like to see more parents have, especially with their teenagers, because those are the kids that are exploring this area of human uh, experience, which is very natural, right? Mm-hmm. We're all here because of sex in some way, shape, or form. And that's the thing we have to keep in mind that sex isn't the evildoer. 
sex is natural, it's healthy, it's healing, it's nurturing, it's bonding. There's a lot of great aspects of our human sexuality. We just want to be geared with honest information. When you're ready, you're ready. So when you're ready, you're ready. Because some kids are just born sexier. Some kids are born with a much higher desire. Well, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we can make this conversation happen. There you go. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. You're listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Well, welcome back. Mark and I are here talking about uh, children's sexual rights and how to be how to be a conscious parent. I love the term conscious conscious parenting. Well, your your title conscious living I think speaks for just moving through life with more awareness. Yes. And this is certainly an area that we need a lot of awareness. It, it isn't you can't bury it. It isn't going underground. It's happening all the time. Right. Right. You know, one of the things I'd like to talk a little bit about is nudity in the homes and how children, you know, we have a lot of body image issues happening with our teens and body shaming and bullying and kid with kids. And, and I, I've talked to families that have raised their children in a nudist environment where they, they either they're comfortably nude at home or they actually go on vacation to nudist resorts that are family oriented. And I think anybody that's never been in a nudist situation always equates nudity and sexuality. You know, well, if you're naked, you must be having sex, right? Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, children that are raised in nudist families, 
um, actually develop a much stronger, healthier body image. And their their curiosity about nudity is, in general, it's it's uh, satisfied because they get to see all kinds of bodies and they realize that there is no one perfect airbrushed body form and that all bodies are are beautiful in some way and they they're they're less they're less equating sexuality with nudity it doesn't mean that they don't still have sexual attraction with certain people but you know we're not sexually attracted to everybody whether they're textiled or nude right doesn't matter not not everybody not everybody right so so when when uh, even if you're not a nudist family if your child walks in on you just getting out of the shower or changing your clothes and sees your naked body and asks questions how do you handle that well, I think you have to not have any shame. I think that's really I, the, the, the ongoing nudity at a nudist type of like you're talking about. I, I guess I have some work to do because I do get uncomfortable with that. But I think it's it's important to know that within an environment, there's going to be times when when privacy is violated a little bit. And it's not it's not the end of the world. You have to be kind of matter of fact about it. Otherwise, you do give bad messages to right. children right and you know there i think a lot of people have the story of when they were masturbating and a parent walked in on them or somehow caught them in the act and the the more the be feeling so mortified and and sometimes being punished for that please 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 parents Think about this. Chances are this is going to happen. You're going to walk in on your child. You're going to catch them in some uh, self-pleasuring act at some point. Plan and practice how you're going to handle that so that you don't impart shame and guilt and embarrass. I mean, they're going to be embarrassed just because it's a private part of their life. But how you handle it will determine how much damage is done to them not the act itself. And I think we can we can uh, we can equate that to children accidentally seeing porn. Most parents don't realize that every kid has seen if they have inter- access to the internet, they've seen porn by the time they're 11. Yes, by the time they're 11, they've seen porn. So, you need to be talking to your kids about what they're going to see on the internet and ask them if they have a question to show you so you could talk about it. You know, they're going to be, they're going to have questions. And, you know, we, I work with a lot of young men who were raised on pornography and they believe that that's their sex education. And they, 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 when they go into a sexual experience with a girl, they try to emulate that act and doesn't always go well for them. So we really want to be able to have these open conversations without shame and guilt. Be curious. So, Mark, how would you approach it if your little kid came to you and and had their iPad in the hand and they had some kind of pornographic image on the screen? What would you recommend parents do? Oh, I, I I think the conversation that children are used to being protected from violence and uh, and and um, 
you know, bad language. And so I, I don't think that a child is adverse to being told that they're not old enough for that just yet, but they shouldn't be shamed for seeing it. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you're, you're just, that's something that's going to be difficult for you to understand. It's not, it's not time yet. When you get older, we'll have that discussion about pornography. You don't have to use those words, but we'll have discussions about what you're seeing here. And I think, again, that fits into your age appropriateness. Mm-hmm. I, I know one time you talked to families about watching porn with their children, and that got a lot of uh, discussion. I was referring to teenagers, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, children. Or teenagers, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, parents uh, were squirming in their seats a little bit with that. Uh, well, let, let me take a moment to qualify that sentence because that does sound really bad when you say it that way. Yeah, sit down, have a family night, bring out the popcorn and watch some porn with your kids. No, I was saying, you know, you need to show, you need to be able to sit down with your kids and find out what they're seeing and then talk to them about why that why that is or isn't natural or normal or healthy human behavior what they're seeing you know most porn is for adult entertainment and it's usually self-pleasuring entertainment it is not meant for education and it's certainly not based on real life human interaction that's going to be pleasing to both partners that's the part that parents need to talk about, that this is this is not meant for you to learn from. You know, that there are certain things that are stimulating, like watching Cowboys and Indians or watching, um, you know, violence on TV. We don't want you to, you don't, that's not what you emulate. It's entertainment. And, you know, just have some kind of a conversation with them. But you need to know what they're seeing so you can have that conversation, Right. Because parents don't have a clue, I can tell you. I've had teenagers say to me, oh, my God, if my parents only knew what I know. <laughs> well, and that's the age old. Uh, uh, as, as children start to test their boundaries, they're definitely going to be a little bit more private about it. Right. <laughs> so how, so how, how can we you know, bridge this gap, I think, is the most important thing in, in uh, sex-positive parenting. And, you know, as a sex-positive parent, we want to embrace sexuality as a natural, you know, as a natural part of life, right? It's, um, it's, it's what we're, it's why we're all here, and it's, it has some important pieces of the puzzle for us. So, non-shaming, um, self-pleasuring, talk to your kids about self-pleasure. Um, I'm also not a, not against um, having some kind of um, uh, discussion with your daughters, especially about uh, any kind, some kind of vibrating device, because like the magic wand is a big one. But just giving them permission to explore their bodies and learn about their bodies with boys, self-pleasuring seems to be a more naturally occurring uh, situation. With girls, it's less likely it's less so unless they're uh, they have a lot higher sex energy and for girls to know how to pleasure themselves with anybody boys and girls if you know how to please yourself then you'll know how to teach your partner later on and you're less likely to be seeking out somebody else to provide that for you i think that's that's a that's one of the other measurements of how to perhaps help your kids need delay 
the uh, interactive sexuality. It's just one of the more natural steps is what you're saying. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, definitely. Also talk to your, and you know, we, we, in the program that I went through, we talked a lot about people with disabilities and their human sexual rights as well. And a lot of children who have disabilities are not talked to about sexuality. It's as if that part of their life doesn't exist. And I'm here to tell you, it does. You know, it doesn't matter whether a child is able-bodied or disabled or, or you know, has some kind of uh, condition. They're going to have the same hormonal urges and curiosities about sexuality that all other children have. And so it's important to have those conversations with them, too. It's interesting. They're not able to um, investigate these things on their own terms. They're so much more dependent. Right. And so that they, they can't sneak. <laughs> right. <laughs> they right. can't they can't uh, follow their own pathway as easily as easy. They're they're just it's just harder for them to have that space. And so it will be totally neglected. It it is. I there's been some really interesting um, adult Uh, people with disabilities panels of talking about their sexuality and the common denominator was that nobody talked to them about it not their doctors not their nurses not their parents so it's like that that part was just erased from the conversation with them really important to remember that all humans have the same sexual rights doesn't matter what their abilities or disabilities are it's certainly going to have the desire Yes. You know, that hasn't, that's a, a very universal thought. So it's, they're going to have the desires and then not have any ability to express them. Right. Yeah, that's very frustrating. And there's some really interesting tools out there for people that don't have uh, manual dexterity or the ability to use their hands to self-pleasure. There's a whole array of, of sexual aids that have been uh, created specifically for that reason. Which is really amazing to me. That's just a beautiful, beautiful thing for people. Well, it's been on the radar. People are thinking about it. Yes, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back, we're going to have our final segment talking about more sex-positive parenting and how to talk to your kids, fill in the gaps that you have, and uh, create a little bit sexier dynamic in your own relationship so that your children have something to emulate when they become adults. We'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. 
Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. We're here talking about sex-positive parenting and do our kids have sexual human rights? And I do believe they do. I think so. Yes. So really the the goal of this show is to help parents, help inspire parents to just be more conscious about their own biases, their own information, fill in the gaps of their information so that as they're raising their kids, they feel they feel more prepared. I don't know that as a parent you can ever feel fully prepared for what's coming your way because kids always seem to ask that's, a question that we have no idea about. That's where that's where humor comes in. That's where yeah, you have to learn to laugh, that's for sure. Yep, we've got some funny stories uh, uh, from from our uh, experiences, that's for sure. One of the things that Mark and I were talking about before the show that really uh, I wanted to make sure we spoke about today and he was talking about our uh, as we raise children uh, the more we respect their boundaries of privacy and um, we respect their curiosities, their, their, their rights to accurate information, all of those things, those children grow up respecting themselves and respecting their own boundaries and they respect others' boundaries. And that, I think, is the probably the root of um, healing the Me Too movement is to, when we talk about consent, we teach that from infancy. Consent to touch, consent to do, to, to ask, to discuss, all of those things. And we teach a child whether they have whether they're respected or not by how we approach them. So think about that um, as you're moving forward with your kids because that's going to set them up to either respect themselves and others or not. And, you know, we're the, there's a, we have a very litigious uh, world and people are being called out uh, very strongly now for, um, breaking that breaking that bond of respect and and respect of boundaries so we want to make sure we set our kids up to know to know what those are and to be capable of having respectful boundaries and relationships does that make sense it it does i mean the more the more you learn about yourself the more you'll understand about others and if there's something that that you're not, that made you feel bad, you certainly wouldn't want somebody that you're close to to have that same experience. So it develop, that's where you develop your empathy. Yes. And if you have empathy as you move forward in life, you're going to be a kinder person. You're going to be, you're not going to take advantage of someone. You're going to be more concerned about their experience than you are about your own personal experience. And those become kind of melted together as you develop relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think it's the best way to de- develop empathy and turn it around. And if a person has a traumatic 
sexual upbringing, they, they bring that forward and they don't have the empathy thing. Well, it's traumatic for me. So what if it's traumatic for other people as well? I mean, it's, and then it continues to propagate. I don't know if that's exactly what they're thinking, but it definitely tends to propagate. So we want it to stop. We need to cut, cut this off. It is naturally getting better as, as women are becoming more empowered. Yes. Now the, the feminist movement is, is, is improving this uh, because, again, a person who is more independent is going to be safer. That's, uh, I think that's one of my kind of my basic beliefs is that the more independent you are, the more safe you are. You get to make the choices. You get to, to um, be able to protect yourself a little bit better. Right, right. You're not trapped in situations that are unhealthy for you. Right. Right. That's an example. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So sex positive parenting, there's a website that I'll have a link on my um, blog later that is about sex positive parenting. It's a it's a really incredible advocacy site for parents with a lot of great information, tools for talking to your kids, age appropriate information. They're, they've taken a lot of uh educational programs from around the world that are age appropriate and really beautifully created to help parents uh, have these important conversations with your children because the sex positivity is all about embracing sexuality. It's a very important part of our existence as human beings. We know because it's either sex or money that break up relationships. So we know it's important isn't the most important thing in the world. I agree. However, it's when it when you're not having enough or it's not good quality, um, it becomes a very important part of a person's life. It's also understanding that sex is a natural part of the human experience. It promotes the importance of consent, pleasure, body positivity, and honest, comprehensive sex education. Honest, comprehensive sex education. That is such an important tool that we need to bring back into our world. And sex positivity also supports tolerance, empowerment, and shame-free living. I really haven't discovered uh, a positive role for shame in our society because shame only um, instills um, self-hatred, and hiding of one's true self. And when you start hiding, you, you have more shame and it's a, it's a self-defeating process. So tre- t- trying to shame your children into change of behavior, it won't work. It'll just teach them to lie to you. Yeah, they'll get more rebellious. Yes, yeah. definitely. And, and, and you have to, it doesn't mean you can't, intervene or discipline I think it, it's more about it's more about having a person feel responsible than it is about feeling shamed right you know? and learn learn anatomy learn the correct terms for the body parts you know when we're teaching little little, little kids these are your eyes and your nose and your mouth and your ears learn penis and vulva and testicles and labia and you know vagina and clitoris don't leave out the clitoris, please, because that part of our body, for girls, that that is our pleasure center. And to, to leave that out 
is doing such a disservice to womankind. I, I spent a whole weekend talking to grown women about their clitoris and they didn't even know what it was or where it was or what it did or why they had it. You know, this is ridiculous. It's just, it's a criminal thing that we've done to girls. There might be some men out there that would show them how it works. I, yeah. <laughs> I think th- there's a lot of men that still don't know what it is or why they have it either. It's so, one of the mysteries of life. Yeah, it's one of the mysteries of life, but it hasn't been talked about. So we're going to do some clitoracy classes on this show. How do you think about that? Well, there you go. Yep, clitoracy 101, clitoracy... <laughs> Because that, I mean, for for us women, if you don't know where our clitoris is, uh, we we need to we need to know, and so we can show you the way, right? Absolutely. Okay. So when you're talking to your kids, talk to them about menstruation, how, why we have periods. Get real. But boys need to know that too, because there's so much shame and embarrassment that girls have around their periods, and. And, you know, bleeding through, you know, we need to get over that and realize this is just a very natural part of being a human. The same with erections and uh, spontaneous nocturnal emissions, a.k.a. wet dreams. Those are very normal and natural and healthy and okay. So if we don't have those conversations with our kids before that happens to them, when it happens, they're going to be perhaps embarrassed or shocked or dismayed. I mean, I had a, I knew a girl growing up when she started her period, she didn't have a clue what was happening. She thought her liver had broken and she was dying. You know, it's funny as, as prudish as, as prior generations have been because we're so sophisticated now. Right. Um, it's, it's still astounding to me that uh, in the seventies we would, or 60s, we would go to swimming meets and have those Speedos on. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that didn't leave very much to... Like nothing to the imagination? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting in the midst of all of this, the prudish um, beliefs and feelings that we had Speedos. Did you ever get an erection in a Speedo? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, your mind's going, don't get an erection, don't get an erection. Don't get. Why, why would you want to be walking around thinking that? Really? <laughs> now it's please get fast, a please get fast a forward. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about a show on that too. <laughs> the mystery of the erections. Oh, you know, life is cruel. You know, that it way. Is. So it is. So I, I think, you know, for me, that it's 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 about getting over the squeamishness. It's about saying condom, condom, condom. Yes. It's about getting in, investigating your biases. You've, I've learned from you to, you know, the, from your experiences at school to look at your biases and have the conversation. Even if you fumble around and you have misinformation, you've created a pathway for for learning uh, together. Yes, open and, dialogue. And so as important. a parent, you're going to be the your children's primary source of sex education and sex safety. Sex safety. That's yes, a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so don't uh, push that responsibility aside. Yes, I agree. You know, we, we got to keep this conversation going. And that's why I'm so um, 
I'm so grateful to David and Carol for having the Sexy Lifestyle Network because there's so many great shows on this network and there's something for everybody and it's about learning, growing and exploring life and keeping everything sexier, right? There you go, dear. All right. We'll be next back next week for another exciting, sexy topic. In the meantime, uh, love hard, laugh more, and kiss longer. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. Thank you for joining us this week for the Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. Welcome to the Sexy Lifestyle Quickies. We are Carol and David, and with us today is Jeff Abraham from Promiscent. So Jeff, you know, intimacy is key to every relationship. Can you tell us a bit how Promiscent can help enhance intimacy? Well, I really think that one of the keys to intimacy is obviously both couples having a satisfactory experience. As any therapist or, you know, urologist will tell you, one of the chief complaints that arises in any intimate relationship is timing, i.e., does the women in the relationship or the woman in the relationship finish? As we've discussed on many occasions during podcasts, other things we've done in the past, there is something called the arousal or orgasm gap, whereas the average man takes about five minutes to achieve climax and the average woman 18. So indeed, I think that is probably one of the reasons why a product like Promescent is very appropriate to satisfactory intimacy. Fantastic, Jeff. Thanks so much. Well, that was a great quickie. Jeff, thanks so much for being here. Why don't you tell everyone how they can find Promescent? The best way to find Promescent in it is www.promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T, www.promescent.com. You can buy it directly there. It'll direct you to the retail locations that have it. There's a map you put in your zip code, and there's also physicians and other people that carry it as well www.promescent.com Thanks so much Jeff We are Carol and David from the Sexy Lifestyle Quickies 
Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe.